Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team this is the Budweiser Reds hot stove league presented by United Dairy Farmers the Reds are on the radio the hot stove league is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill Norcom your audiovisual information technology solutions provider norcom.com JTM food group let's create great dishes together Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and by MSA Design Design, create, innovate. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by Kelsey Chevrolet, home of lifetime powertrain protection and guaranteed credit approval. From our family to yours for life, visit KelseyChev.com. RNL Carriers, your global transportation provider. Visit RLC.com today. And by United Dairy Farmers, UDF now makes donuts in our new family bakery from our own recipe. The Reds are on the radio. Now the Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network on 700 WLW. And hi again, everyone. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League here on the Reds Radio Network. I'm Jim Day, wishing you a happy holiday season. We hope you're safe and well. And if you're traveling in your car, we hope uh, you are traveling safely. My pleasure to be alongside once again. He's the beat writer from MLB.com. You can check out his work on Reds.com as well. Mr. Mark Sheldon, how are we doing, Mark? Doing fantastic, Jim. Happy holidays to you and yours, and uh, let's light this candle. Let's light it up, and no better way to light this candle than to welcome in. He is only the greatest catcher of all time. He is Mr. Johnny Bench. Johnny, how you doing? I'm very well. I'm very well. I just had a little dinner with the boys, and nice. uh, we're down here. We went inside. We took off our masks. We had a wonderful time. I know that's not what you want to hear up there, but uh, <laughs> everything is great. The tree's been up for three weeks. The presents are uh, there. The stockings are hung, and uh, I'm all ready for a great Christmas, and, uh, and hopefully it's a brand-new type of new year because I can't go through too many losses like we've had this year, especially with the uh, our Hall of Famers and uh, a lot of our country music artists that were dear friends. Yeah, it's been a very, very tough year. In uh, a little over a week, we all get to kick 2020 to the curb, and we can't wait for that. Hey, Johnny, Good we, yeah, we wanted to talk to you about uh, a few things, but one of which is the story that made the rounds a few weeks back. Uh, and it, it's one of those that caught your eye, uh, and you're like, wow, what a very, very cool story. Now, we're going to let you tell it, but just to set it up, you were – uh, selling all of your memorabilia because you wanted to uh, help your kids in the future with their college funds. 
uh, et cetera. And, you know, people don't realize that the era that you played in, you certainly didn't make as much money as the players that are playing today. Um, so you were going through this process, and then, lo and behold, one of the biggest surprises of your life happened, did it not? Well, it did. It was just amazing. I mean, uh, I uh, I don't get too emotional very often. I mean, I'm, I'm an emotional person, but it's hard to bring tears. I can tell you that, but there are there are some stories that do that, and sometimes occurrences in your life very seldom do that. It's maybe the loss of a dear friend, and uh, yeah, we got to the point where we knew that you know the, how many rings do you have? How many did it happen to so many families, even families without memorabilia or, or sports awards and stuff that start dividing up the property and and uh, well, I want that. No, I get this. No, I and and families are divided. And it came to a time where there was an opportunity to, to put this up and let, you know, some of my fans share on this as they, as they would choose. And so Bobby put all of it together. He, he drove parts of the, across parts of the country to collect the gold gloves and to do certain things and bring them out of storage. And Hot Auction did an unbelievable job of repairing the items and the organizing and the catalog and but it was a decision made. We had, we formed an LLC that would uh, that the, all the money would go into uh, the boys' college would be guaranteed, and uh, and some money. If we didn't know what was going to be, you know, we didn't know how much money we would make off of it. We made almost much, almost as much on the auction as I made in my entire career. So uh, that's kind of something that you know you had to look at as a as a choice. Well, uh, there was a. Uh, there was an estimate that David Hunt put out that he thought each item would go for, and so we had a pretty good idea. I took the boys up to Louisville to get a chance to see, and I had not seen all of this together either. I mean, you know, you got trophies in storage. You got trophies in safes. You got trophies in safe deposit box. You've got, you know, and it's across the country in Binger, Oklahoma, and, and so it was Bobby who put all of this together, and so we we actually flew up to Louisville to the Louisville Sluggard Museum. They did, they presented at Louisville Sluggard. If you haven't been to that museum, it's a really must go thing. And we actually went to the Kentucky Caverns and went underneath. <laughs> and 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 after the after the event on Friday, and they had a dinner on Friday. We talked to people. We enjoyed being with everybody. And and uh, so we we were we flew back the morning of the auction, and we were actually in Atlanta. Uh, sitting in the crown room, and we had it up on our computers and phones. And Josh was over there watching it on the phone. I'm watching it on my – Bobby's watching it. And it's like, wow, wow, wow. I mean, you know, the estimates, most of them were going over what we thought the high estimate was. And, of course, we, we boarded a plane. We flew to flew to West Palm, and, and then we had a choice of – you know, the auction was over by that time. And I said – I text David, how, how did it go? And he said, well, we're still auctioning other stuff because they have a lot of Bob Crotty stuff as well. So uh, Sunday came, and he was putting everything together. Monday, he called me, and he said, it, it was unbelievable. And are you sitting down? And I said, yeah. He said there was a, a gentleman who wants to remain anonymous, and he called me and said, I want to buy some of Johnny's stuff. And he said, that's fine. I'll, 
I'll get you hooked up with the phone in and everything else. He said, no, you don't understand. I want to buy a lot of his stuff, the real big stuff. And he's like, well, I mean, is this a crank call or whatever? But he put it in one of his employees, Carolyn, put her behind the curtain, and it sounded like it was just incredible because every time there was bid, and people were texting David saying, what's going on? I'm bidding, I'm bidding, I'm bidding, I'm bidding. And this, every time I bid, somebody bids higher. And he said, uh, this is a gentleman, and I, I say this just the way that Alan said to David, tell Johnny that there's a white-haired old Jew out there that did this. Oh. Well, I only knew, I only really know one white-haired old Jew. And so I text him. I said, I'm looking for a white-haired old Jew who I met a long time ago in Puerto Rico, who now that I've stopped crying and composing myself, I, I thought there's, there could be only one possible person. And I said, if I'm barking up the wrong Jew, let me know. Now, five seconds later, he texts back and says, you got the right Jew. Well, Alan and I met when I was 19 years old. He was 23. Uh, I think it was the El San Juan Hotel. They had a nightclub there. And there was a hypnotist act. And he called Alan up on the stage. And Alan is a ham. Outside of being a ham, he's a ham. And I, I thought, I said, that was really good up there because he's, he came off the stage. That was really good. You were cool. And we got the, we sat down and started talking. And I told him I was, you know, down from, I'd been called up for the Reds the last month of the season. I was down for uh, winter ball. And, and he told me he sang with the Dovells with the Bristol Stomp, which was really cool. And uh, we started hanging out. He was down just from vacation from Philadelphia. And so every year, he, came, he started coming down to spring training. And whenever we were in Philadelphia, we would go to bookbinders. We would go out after the game. He, and he drove in a Rolls Royce. His, his dad had passed away at 10, and he got into real estate and started buying up buildings and making them apartments for the colleges and stuff. And I, and I said, Alan, because he had texted me about four days before the auction. So I said, you really want to do this? And I said, I'm doing it for the kids. And he said, I did not read his entire text. And he said, if, if, if I, anything I can do, I will be more than happy to buy anything for you. And I did not even see that. I just read down to the point because I was rushing. And I said, it's for the kids. And, and all I got was a response, okay. And so he said, look, John, he never got married. He said, look, I can afford it. And this can't be with collectors. This has to be where your kids and your fans can see it. And that's it. I mean, and his name and is, I mean, he's Alan Horwitz. Uh, he's a big 76ers fan, it looks like. And he, you know, he him. is the sixth man. Yeah. All you got to do is Google 76ers sixth man. And you will see Alan for 42 years, uh, season ticket holder. He sits next to the last player on the bench. And he wears a uniform with 76ers and six men on the back of it. And he's up and down the court. And he's giving low fives because he can't jump up high enough to give a high five. And he is on there. And, and he, you know, he loves to say, you know, the owner has, doesn't have as good a seats as I have. Wow. And he loves it. People recognize him on the street in Philadelphia, and he's 
I'll tell you what, he never married, but he dated a girl, Sherry, that we saw a lot of. We, you know, I was around her. She had a son, and Alan, Alan uh, gave him money to start business. I mean, he's he's just the most benevolent guy. He just he's quiet. He's unassuming. He's not athletic. He just and we every time I go to Philadelphia, we went out, and it was just a, and he came to spring training like 16 years. He would come down and just go to the games. Never ask anything. Never wanted anything except to sit down maybe and have dinner. And he bought all these items so that you, in turn, could have these items back and have the money for your kids in the future. It's a great story. John, I would love to talk to you more. <laughs> we have to step aside for a break. Do you have time to stay for one more segment? Uh, sure. Okay. Great. Johnny Bench will rejoin us on the other side. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. All right, the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum presented by Densmore is proud to present the Johnny Bench Home Run Collection. Each of the 389 baseballs are autographed and numbered by Johnny and delivered in a deluxe display frame with a photo collage and certificate of ownership. Limited quantities remain. Details are available now at RedsMuseum.org. It is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF with Mark Sheldon. I'm Jim Day and the aforementioned Johnny Bench still with us on the show. Um, 389 base. I'd like to have 389, by the way. Johnny, you're telling the story about uh, your friend Alan Horwitz, who uh, through an auction, bought all the items, most or a lot of the items, overpaid for them so that your uh, kids could have that money in the future and you could have the items as well. Um, this made you cry, did it not, when it happened? We have Johnny. Oh, well, you know, sorry, Johnny. I talk more. Yes. <laughs> Are we on? Yeah, we're on. All right. Yeah, I, I cried, and then I cried again when I talked to him, and there were tears, and it was just so emotional. And you know, I, the first thing I did was call my attorney, and uh, he did, he was stunned. He just couldn't say anything. And and I've told people since that time, and they've cried. They've actually. It's one of the most emotional things that could happen now. I, so we don't get into anything. I've told I'm, I've told the story about the white-haired old Jew. Those are the words that he said, not me. Right. He's my friend, and he is a white-haired Jew. And I'm sorry if it offends anybody. You really need to find peace. And I've got it right here on my right here on my little uh, deal under the TV with her, where the stockings are hanging. Well, it's good that you clarified it though. That he, yeah, that he called uh, himself that. Um, but I know and you're I, interested. I said it the first time, but you got to repeat it for somebody who just heard somebody say something, and they got to pick up the social media and uh, and make themselves heard. So, anyway, so Johnny, he he uh, he bought your World Series rings, your MVP awards, your Rookie of the Year award, and an All Star game bat, and some of your Gold gloves. What are you going to do with it now that it's back in your possession? Uh, now, what what becomes of those awards? Well. Uh, there were 35 items, Mark. Uh, how would you? How, what would you think if I put four or five at the Baseball Hall of Fame, ten or twelve at the Reds Hall of Fame, uh, several items at the Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame, uh, the Binger, uh, my museum at Binger, and maybe a couple down at the Louisville Slugger Museum. I would go see those items as soon as uh, they were there. <laughs> 
Well, that's what's happening, and we're we're uh, we're getting them all organized. They're still in the hands of Hunt Auction, David Hunt, and he knows. He know we've been working on this. The, uh, and of course, you know, there's another hall, there's another museum, sports museum in Oklahoma, in Guthrie, Oklahoma. They're wanting one, and I would imagine. But these are the most. This is the priority, and so I think there's now six, seven gloves, maybe just six now. Uh, but they will be. The Reds wanted just one before because they were doing a gold glove. I think for every decade, uh, the Hall of Baseball Hall of Fame wanted my uniform. And I think they wanted an MVP trophy. We, we're breaking it down, but uh, none of them will be in my possession. They're all basically working out where it will be. I think there's still some details we work out, Mark, whether they are donations from Allen to the museums that we are we are designating. And we'll have a couple of things that the Louisville Slugger Museum does a wonderful job. And, and of course, I always was a Louisville Slugger. I used their bats. And... Uh, There'll be a lot of people, and I mean, you should have heard the voices when I called Rick Walls or when I called Mike James out at Oklahoma, and he said, oh my gosh, I, I mean, it was just like, he said, wait, I got to pull over, and so he's, I'm driving right now, and people come in, and they say, where's Johnny Benson's stuff, and he said, that's the first thing they ask him, so it made me feel even better to know that our stuff will, this, this Allen stuff will be on display for not only the fans to come and see, but for my boys to always have an opportunity whenever and wherever. And they were quite impressed when they saw all of the things displayed, the 10 gold gloves that are, were right there on display uh, at, at, uh, in Louisville. So uh, there's going to be a lot of people that will be, uh, be able to see these awards, which I guess they'd never have a chance because I wasn't seeing them. Yeah. No, what a win-win situation that the fans get to enjoy in this memorabilia and the goal was reached and actually exceeded in, in helping your, your children in the future. Uh, real quick, what, what was the reaction of your kids? I know Bobby uh, is older. you got some <laughs> younger kids. Do the younger ones understand the magnitude of what was going on and, the, and how you were looking to help them? Well, I, I get parts and parcel because when I'm not around, they say things to people and they were, and they were saying things to people like, oh my gosh, Look at this. This is unbelievable. And, and you know, because they really, you know, they're, I'm just dad to them, you know. But uh, <laughs> Joshua, my 11-year-old, he's, he is a prize. I'm telling you, he's a prize. And he sees the glove go for like seventy six or 86000 And he said, Dad, you got any more of those? <laughs> yeah, nine more. <laughs> Christmas and is I, coming, huh? <laughs> yeah, I said, so we're, we went down to the little cafe down here because I wanted to get, get them fed. I don't. I didn't want to put pasta and all the stuff for late, but I was like, so I went down there and I said, well, he said, Dad, we got to get home. This year got to be on at six oh five. And he, I said, well, they really can't start without me. He said, yes, because you're the man, Daddy. You're the man. <laughs> does, does Josh have a college he wants to go to? Is he? It's early, but does he have a an early school he wants to commit to? I'm trying to get him out of sixth grade right now. He's <laughs> we're all done with stuff. Well, they grab have sixth grade graduation, I know, now. Nowadays. If, it's, if it's my choice, he'll go to Oklahoma, but I don't know what they're going to do. I'm going to get him some Midwest education. I appreciate you guys very much. I hear we're playing music at the bottom of the hour. Yeah, you're yeah. a true pro. You know, you know, you know the, the deal. Thank you so much, Johnny. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Hey, Thank Johnny, you, uh, you and yours have a, a great Christmas, and uh, it's just a terrific story. And uh, 
Just one of the feel-good stories of 2020. One of the very few. So thank you for make, that. Make some pretty good Christmas gifts and Hanukkah gifts, doesn't it? No thank doubt about it. Thanks, Johnny. That is the greatest catcher of all time, Johnny Bench. Stay with us. We're going to take your calls. Mark Sheldon standing by, 513-749-7000, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. Red's Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Sign up your son or daughter for the coolest club in all of Red's country. For only $30, your child can become a Red's Heads Kids Club member and get an exclusive backpack, jersey, sunny gray bobblehead, free Red's tickets, access to members-only activities, and more. Purchase today at Reds.com slash Kids Club. That is a uh, terrific club, and I uh, hope you take part. Welcome back to the Red's Hot Stove League on the Red's Radio Network. We're presented by the Holy Grail Banks. Budweiser and UDF. I'm Jim Day. I'm with the beat writer for the Reds on MLB.com, Mr. Mark Sheldon. And Mark and I standing by to, uh, I don't know, you want to pick our brains? Certainly got a beat writer sitting here who lives and breathes the Cincinnati Reds. So dial us up, 513-749-7000, 1-800-THE-BIG-1. That would be a number one, pound 700. On AT&T, we are going to go to Columbus. Mark Tyler standing by in Seabus, God's country. How are we doing, Tyler? Hi, Tyler. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, I'm a big fan of both of yours, so thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, I, I just have a question. I guess it's more directed towards Mark. Um, the with all the recent uh, rumors surrounding guys like Castillo and Gray and, and even Suarez, um, I, I, when all this started, I, I thought that the reaction by a lot of the fan base was a little bit extreme. Um, but the more I keep seeing the uh, these rumors popping up, I'm starting to get concerned. <laughs> so I was just wondering, uh, Mark, what do you think? about these is it just housekeeping by the res front office pretty much just seeing where they are or is it serious i i think what i what i say to people especially the way this weird off season's been going where it's been very quiet is to take some of these rumors with a grain of salt especially on social media i don't want to besmirch the other reporters that report them because they get them from somewhere but I don't think they're actively shopping and, and having a fire sale to move Castillo, Gray, Suarez, Moustakis are the four names I've seen just this week alone. Uh, I, I think Nick Crawl is a GM. He he doesn't do the every you know certain guys are untouchable. If if somebody calls from a, another club, he's going to listen to the proposal. It doesn't mean he's actually into the proposal, but he's going to listen, and he may make a decision. Right. Or what, what often happens is when teams talk about. Let's say they called someone called about Suarez and they were told no, but maybe the conversation drifts over to two other players that could be a possibility, and that that happens a lot as well. I just don't think that there's, you know, you don't, you don't know the motivation of other clubs. If another club wants to get Suarez or Sonny Gray, they may talk to a reporter and try to goose the market a little bit, and, and that's been known to happen too. So there's a lot of different motivations. It's been a very slow off season for for baseball in general, and I think some people are trying to keep the news hot as much as they can. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hey, Tyler, thank thanks you. for the call. So um, you're like, uh, you don't think that the Reds are, like, we've got we've to shed a bunch of money. This is, we're, we're just, it doesn't matter. We're shed money. 
that's the great mystery. I, I mean, last year they spent $166 million mm-hmm. on five free agents. They get to the playoffs, have a, a very obviously horrible ending to the playoffs, and, and are out. And unless there's something about the books that we don't know about, I haven't heard about a fire sale. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to go right. ahead and not do, and just do that. But you never know. I think the moves they will be making in the future will tell us which way they're going. I mean, if they move these guys and don't bring anybody else of equal quality in, then you know it's a, it's a rebuild. And if they are reallocating the resources, like Nick Kroll said, maybe they are still contending and they're just putting it towards, let's say, a shortstop or other, you know, another starting pitcher or things like that. They have to replace Trevor Bauer somehow. The one that always cracks me up, and I know these guys, they got a job to do. They're, they're throwing spitballs against the wall to see what's going to stick. But the ones that crack me up are such and such team has shown interest in yeah. such and such player. And the word is interest. Like, you know, when I was younger, I had interest in Halle Berry. She didn't have much interest in me. Right. Uh, so just that phrasing kind of cracks like, me yeah, up. Yeah, the kicking the tires, the yeah. interest. There, There's internal yeah. discussions. And it, 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 it just really... The one thing about the, the rumors is that you'll wish there was a scorecard of what, how many of them are thrown out and how many actually are correct, and that's a very low percentage. I mean, Ken Rosenthal is one of the best in the business. Yeah. I'm not going to dog in him, but there are other people out there that are trying to make a name like to be like Ken Rosenthal, and they just don't have the same juice, and, right. and that's just the way it is. If they are reallocating funds, do you think it is shortstop? I mean, based on the fact that the free agent market has several really capable shortstops, I would think that would be one area. If they shed about $15 million, $14 million on losing Iglesias and Bradley's contracts, mm-hmm. maybe that's enough to pay for one year of D.D. Gregorius or for a year of Andrews and Simmons. I mean, they don't need a five-year or three-year deal to get a shortstop when they have Jose Garcia waiting right. in the wings, but they do need a shortstop to get him through 2021. All right, Eric is standing by. We'll get to you, 513-749-7000. I'm Jim Day. We're with Mark Sheldon of MLB.com, and we're talking Reds baseball, warming up that old hot stove here on the Reds Radio Network, and we are back after this. All right, it is the Reds Hot Stove League. Presented by Budweiser, Holy Grail Banks, and UDF. I'm Jim Day with Mark Sheldon, and we're taking your calls here in a moment. But I want to tell you about uh, the Reds Rookies Fan Club. It's a perfect way for the fans up to three years old, uh, whether it's a gift or uh, a gift for your little one. The Reds Rookies Club has it all, including a diaper bag uh, diaper bag clutch. You can tell that I do not have kids. And your choice between an organic cotton muslin, muslin blanket or, Ooh. wow, this is Turvis Sippy Cup. Those are important. Yes. I know. The Turvis Sippy Cups are big. And the I diaper bags are huge. Huge, huge. Trust me. Plus, members-only activities, tickets, and more. For additional information, visit reds.com slash fan club. Sorry, first day with the new tongue. We'll try better next <laughs> time. Uh, Eric is standing by in Madison. Eric, how you doing? All right. Uh, my question was to Mark Sheldon. Um, does he think the Reds could get a second-tier pitcher like uh, Corey Kluber or um, some other uh, second-tier um, pitcher? And uh, the shortstop position, who does uh, he think is going to sign with the Reds? Uh, are you making an order there too? I can hear that in the background. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. That's all right. That's okay. Uh, I, I think I w- uh, the Reds would love to order up a second-tier yeah. pitcher and a shortstop as well if they can get that thrown in there. 
Uh, but seriously, uh, they they do need a pitcher to replace the innings they're going to lose from Desclafani and and uh, and Bauer. I, I could see them doing a second tier type pitcher to bring them in to compete for a spot. But then again, they also have T.J. Antone, they have Tyler Malley that they are very excited about. So those guys will it, will that rotation be as good without Bauer? No, but it could still be a very good rotation. And at shortstop, like I mentioned in the previous segment, you got to look at like guys like Marcus Semien, uh, Andrelton Simmons, uh, Didi Gregorius are all. Uh, very good shortstops that are veteran shortstops that are on the market. Eric, we appreciate your call. Happy holidays to you out there. Let's go to Aaron in New Richmond. Aaron, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Hi, Aaron. Um, I I heard you say that the Reds are not having a fire sale, and I was curious about that because they seem to basically give away Bradley, and they gave away Iglesias for pennies on the dollar. Um, I feel that if they can't trade um, Gray or Moustakis or Suarez or any of those, it would be because they couldn't find a good enough deal. But I think if the deal was out there, they would be tra- trading all of them. I, I don't think so. I mean, they, they still have to field the team. Uh, I, I've not heard anywhere they're saying they're, they're going to tear it all down and, and bring in new people. I'm not saying they won't either. Like I said earlier – their next move is going to be very telling in what they do. I mean, I'm not talking about these littler moves that they've made, the waiver claims and the minor league contracts. I'm talking about the next big move will signal where they're going, perhaps. And if it's somebody like Sonny Gray or Luis Castillo, that gives you an idea that it's not the way fans may want to see. But if they, they supplement with a another name of a shortstop, let's say, I think that can tell you, okay, they did real, they, the bullpen. They decided to put their, their efforts not in the bullpen but in the in a position and use what they have internally to find a closer. And that's that's perfectly reasonable to do that. It just doesn't mean it's a fire sale. Yeah. Well, we've got to be careful. The word fire sale scares people. I know. I don't think I it's know. a fire I shouldn't fu- have said it, I guess. <laughs> you, you throw out the phrase like, oh, no. Don't think a fire sale is happening, but it's going to be interesting going either. going forward here. All right, let's go to Mike in Deer Park. Mike, how you doing? Great. Um, I wondered what the status is with the designated hitter and how that might impact the Reds. And also, I wanted to throw in a quick thank to, thanks to you, Jim. You mentioned my mom and dad's 63rd wedding anniversary you and Cowboy did on a TV oh, nice. broadcast. And it made their day. They're, they're stars of St. Mary's, Ohio. Oh, that's <laughs> great. That's, uh, that's our favorite part when we get to make someone's <laughs> day like that, to have the power to do that. Jim's but. doing good work. Uh, <laughs> the DH, uh, right now they've been told – that there will not be a DH or to operate as if there won't be a DH in 2021. But there is also reports that they are, are considering it still, uh, especially in terms of the collective bargaining and, and, and working out some things for 2021. So uh, the Reds are prepared again. If they, if they do have a DH, they would have obviously Jesse Winker, Aristides Aquino, and, and a host of a few other guys that could rotate in there. But right now it does not look like that's going to be happening and they'll have to find a way in the outfield to make Winker and Aquino and and company all uh, have time to play. I would be shocked if the DH is in the National League uh, this coming season. Do you think, and I've talked about this on the show before, I might might have even talked uh, with you about it, but I think it's going to be one of those bargaining chips in the collective bargaining agreement that the DH is in the future for both leagues, the universal DH, but... Not necessarily this season. I guess it depends on what kind of season it is. If it's a season that's similar to 2020 where there's playing a bunch of games and they have to kind of, you know, patch a season together and not want to hurt pitchers, there could be a DH. All right, let's go to uh, Michael real quick. Michael, got about a minute from Hyde Park. How you doing? Pretty good. How about you guys? Good. Great. 
Good. So my uh, my question can either go to Jim or Mark. It's just um, I'm just curious to hear your guys' opinion on where like I know Votto is going to be you know starting first base for us, but like where is he going to fit in the lineup? You know, I, I know he's you know older in his career, and I. I I don't know if he's going to be batting, you know, second or third or whatnot, but I was just curious to see, like, where you think he's going to fit. Michael, year. thanks for your call. Appreciate it. What do you think? I think depending on if he's the Joey that was at the end of the season, I could see him batting second or third again, but yeah. more likely sixth if possible too. Well, that's going to be one of those moves where you're wondering, okay, what? when's it going to happen? When are they going to make that move down the, the order? It hasn't happened yet, but uh, – could be. He made some changes that were very successful. He, he really did. He he made. And I'm I'm interested to see once they show back up uh, if he still has those changes. And I think he will. We've got one more segment to go. Our number is five one three seven four nine seven thousand. Ron, standing by. We'll talk to you when we come back. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Rolling on with the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser. UDF. Once again, happy holidays, everyone. Hope everyone is getting along okay and uh, won't be long that we can kick 2020 to the curb. I'm Jim Day. We're with MLB.com's Mark Sheldon talking Reds baseball. And we're going to go to Ron standing by in, where are you calling from, Ron? Avon? Is that up near Cleveland? No, it's uh, west of Indianapolis. Oh, oh okay. Now, see, threw me off a little bit there. We got the Hoosier State calling in. What's on your mind, Ron? Uh, yes, thanks for having me on, and happy holidays to you both. Thank you. Uh, I was wondering, would the Reds be interested in Colton Wong? I think the Cardinals either released him or he's a free agent now. I'm not sure. They non-tendered him? Yeah. He was going to make $10 million. They didn't mm-hmm. pick up his option, actually, is what they did. And yeah. Uh, So, yeah, he's out there. Man, that would be good, but they have a second baseman it's in Mike crowded. It's a crowded place. And I don't think Colton Wong plays a different position, so <laughs> yeah. there's not a fit there. Well, Mike Musak is playing second base and not third because Suarez is there, and uh, there's a reason that um, Nixon Zell went to the outfield. It's a crowded infield, so uh, not sure, uh, Ron, on that one. Um, plus the, you know, the money, if they're going to allocate money, they're going to go shortstop first. Absolutely. Uh, it was interesting, Mark, and appreciate your call, Ron. Um, this closer situation. Uh, it when you shortstop would be maybe the biggest question mark. Uh, closer, probably number two now. There's no Rysel Iglesias. Amir Garrett came out and said, "Hey, my job to lose. I want the job." Were you surprised at Amir? Uh, nothing really surprised you about no, Amir, but surprised. he came out and said, "Listen, I want the gig." He came out with uh, some heat there. Uh, heat! No pun intended, but yeah, he, <laughs> he says, to me, it's mine to lose. I'm just going to go in there and take it. And he's not meaning any disrespect to the other guys. Lucas Sims is a candidate. Michael Lorenzen's a candidate. Maybe even Sal Romano, who David Bell mentioned. But Amir Garrett made it very clear, crystal clear, that is he wants that job. And we'll see. He got one save last season and got the fever. Let's say he did get the fever, but at the same time, he admitted it's like that's a whole different animal that ninth inning because it wasn't an easy time that save that he got. No, he had a battle for it. He had the battle. Gave up some run. I think he gave up a home run there. Yeah, and he admitted it's a little different animal in the ninth inning, which it is. I mean, I know a lot of uh, the sabermetric people don't give much extra credence to the ninth inning, but pitchers do. Yeah. And, you know, they may not have a closer also. They have the high leverage situations of the seventh inning and the eighth inning. So we'll see. But I. 
I wouldn't be shocked if Amir has a good chance of making that uh, that role. What would you think of closer by committee? I, I generally don't like it. I think the relievers like to know pretty much when they're going to pitch for the most part. I mean, certainly they'll tell you like a Jared Hughes or a Michael Lorenzen, I'll pitch the second to the ninth inning. I don't care. But I think they all want to know where they're going to go and, and we'll see. But I also think that starting pitching might be a little bit ahead of closing uh, on the on the thing. If they could find a, a the caller mentioned earlier, a second tier type starter to come in, I think that would help as well. I don't I don't know how you re- re- replace those innings of uh, Trevor Bauer and Anthony Disclafani. Very, very tough. Um, do you think that this offense, quickly, um, do you think they can turn it around in 2020? It can't get much worse. So They have to, right? Do you, How excited do you think they are? And they're talking about trading away players, but they haven't really seen this group that they assembled gel over 162 games or however many games they're going to play. Yeah, they have a shot at it. They have to, you know, Senzel has to be ha- healthy. Suarez has to not have a slow start and Votto has to be back. But I think and Moustakis has to improve and Nick Castellanos. Everyone has to improve, basically. But I think that we can see this offense is supposed to be pretty good if they have everyone doing what they're supposed to do. Well, my friend, hope you have a good week. You Happy too. holidays to you. It's good seeing you once again. And once again, everyone out there, we hope you're having a terrific week. Stay safe out there and uh, dial us up. Red's Hot Stove League will be back next Wednesday night. Tommy Thrall will be sitting in this chair. And until then, for Mark Sheldon, for the broadcast sheriff, Mr. Dave Keaton. I'm Jim Day. Happy holidays, everyone. You've been listening to the Red's Hot Stove League here on the Red's Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.